Greetings, Padawans, and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron, here's the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we all doing? Welcome to the Archives Podcast. I'm here with the the hostess, with the mostest, my boy MJ, out here today. Talking some Star Wars, talking a whole lot of Star Wars today, and we're going to be having a good time with it. Um, just opening up the showroom with us. I do want to remind you guys, we have a week left. Next week, I'll be announcing the winner of the Funko Pop giveaway. We're giving away a free Funko Pop, and literally all you have to do is hit us up on Twitter, follow us retweet us and it's that easy it is that easy so as long as you guys are liking subscribing and please leave us a five-star review whatever you're listening to this on we would appreciate it today we're going to be talking about the episode following the force awakens we don't have a name for it yet but we're rewriting it we're going to talk about some Gwigo. We're going to talk about... Uh, we got a whole bunch of news to talk about, MJ. We have not talked about the trailer that came out this week. And then we have a few updates from Mandalorian Universe. We have a release date to speak about. Then, of course, we have our character spotlight. Our nuclear hot takes presented by Kim's Picks on X. And then we have our Galactic Dispatches. We encourage you all, if you're watching this live, hit us up in the chat, ask questions at all times, and we will interact with you guys as much as we can. So, shout out to Shabo RL, first guy in the chat. Hopefully you're doing well, brother. Literally brother, because he is my brother, and let's have a good show. So, MJ, I was watching this brand new youtuber to me i guess he he's been around forever he has millions of subs um and what he does is he focuses on the because you know how i focus primarily in universe when i talk about star wars right he focuses on the cinematic portion and kind of grades the the movie as a movie rather than a, a star wars story if that makes sense so he he goes into like the directing the producing all kinds of stuff like that and he put out a eight hour video on the last jedi <laughs> and really? basically picking it apart and what the hell does the universe mean? You need to be more specific. What does that mean? I don't know what that question means. But yeah, he put out an eight-hour video picking apart The Last Jedi. And I watched all of it. I watched all of it. It took me It took me a, a couple of weeks to watch it, but I watched all of it. And essentially what it boils down to is The Last Jedi genuinely wasted everyone's time and money and he showed 
certain retcons that happened, certain story points that were abandoned. And for that reason, since it's not canon on the Archives podcast, I say we rewrite episode eight. So with that, we do have some parameters that we need to stay. We're, we're fenced in by what happened in the force awakens and we're going to stay in universe on this. So all the events happen as followed. Poe is captured by Kylo Ren. BB eight then goes to find Ray Finn and Poe escape the star killer base crash land on Jakku Finn meets Ray and they flee the first order on the millennium Falcon. Han and Chewbacca take over the Millennium Falcon. That group flees to Takodana with BB-8, where they fight off the First Order and reconnect with the Resistance with a living Poe Dameron saving the day. Um, Rey is taken by Kylo Ren. The First Order overthrows the Republic. They destroy six planets. Han Solo is killed by Kylo Ren, then shot by Chewbacca. Rey bests Kylo in combat. Finn is put into a medically induced coma. The Resistance destroys Starkiller base. And we finish off with Rey locating Luke Skywalker and presenting him with his father's lightsaber. (laughs) So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Um, and that's kind of exactly where the fan fictions began. You know, we still have Snoke around. We still have Hux around and essentially, where do you want to go from there? Um... Well, I think you got to start it off around Kylo being vested, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because um, he is one of the main characters alongside Rey. Definitely. So that would be my starting point for sure. That's a solid place to be. Um, and the way I would start it is I would have Kylo on an operating table. Similar to, you know, the... F- the the scene of Anakin on the operating table getting worked on turned into Vader but you can just show like the huge hole that Kylo has in his side from where Chewbacca shot him Mm -hmm. and you can kind of give credit and reason because one of the huge debates coming out of the entire sequel trilogy is how did Kylo Ren, uh, someone who was handling a lightsaber for 15 years, how did he get beat by Rey, who picked it up for the first time? And I think if you show, okay, dude literally has this entire part of him literally missing from a bowcaster shot, like that can give huge, huge credence to that. And you see even in the battle in The Force Awakens, he's there like, punching himself trying to make the pain go away um so i think you start there 
because you need to give credit to what came before and give purpose and reason to then explain upon further things. Um, I think a huge thing would be Luke Skywalker. I think you really need to explain why Luke is there, what his motivations are, and you can't make him into a little bitch because I feel like Luke got done dirty in episode eight. You know, episode seven, we see Luke, he takes his hood off. He's looking stoic, like, Jesus Christ, someone found me. All right. They must really be in trouble. Episode eight throws a saber like it's nothing. So I want Luke to see the saber, maybe get, you know, some echoes from it and understand that, hey, if this girl came and found me, it must be for a purpose. Like if she was able to find me, this is the force saying that I need to come back. Luke Skywalker needs to come back, which is in essence, the complete opposite of everything that his character said in the actual movie. Um, so while that's happening, while that's all going on, I think the resistance needs to, they need to do some soul searching because they just watched the Republic essentially get destroyed. So the Republic is gone. The resistance is all that's left of the Republic. And I don't think that gets communicated enough to the audience because when the Starkiller base destroyed the six planets, it's literally destroying the six worlds that have the most Republic support and where the Republic's stationed and where the Republic takes place. So the resistance is all that is left for the Republic. Yeah. I mean, the new Republic was wiped out in a matter of minutes, literally. Yeah. It was basically diminished down to a guerrilla faction like the rebels pretty much at that point mm -hmm. um, as saying you know new rebels are the resistance so. so exactly i would focus in on hux and figure out what hux's plan is moving forward you know like we just destroyed the republic what's the plan now the plans to destroy the resistance and eliminate any threat towards the first order gaining total control sound let's communicate that um let's get snoke involved like make that snoke's decree like you did well general you destroyed any chance that the resistance has now let's finish this like job's not finished and that's what Hux promoted to Admiral, in my opinion. Admiral Hux sounds better. Is yeah, I mean he's the general though, right? Is is Admiral sure. higher than general? But after what would you call it? An oh, I no, I I'd, I'd make him the Grand Moth. It, yeah, above yeah yeah Grand Moth Hux. <laughs> Grand Moth Hux, that'd be sick. Yeah. 
give him his um, Eliminator class Superstar Destroyer and just say, hey, have at it. Go have fun. Do what you want to do. You just destroyed the fucking Republic. Granted, they lost Starkiller base, so they're kind of like... Both sides should not have been instantly in battle. Both sides should have been instantly trying to figure out what they have, taking inventory, and then reassessing their own futures. Not reigniting a battle. Because you need to communicate how big of a loss Starkiller Base really was. I mean, we saw how big of a planet that it was. Right. It was 52 times bigger than the Death Star. So it needs to it needs to be 52 times bigger of a loss. You know, they started building a new Death Star within a year of it being blown up. Starkiller Base could never be rebuilt because it was built on the planet Ilum, where there was already so much um, kyber crystal available that they could just hollow out the entire uh, planet with mining. So the resistance needs to formulate. Um, Leia needs to step up as a leader, and Luke needs to step up as the Grandmaster of the Jedi. So I think Luke needs to positively he needs to positively react to Rey being there he needs to take her under his wing train her show her the ways of the force how Luke should because he's had five to ten years to realize his mistakes realize his errors and bounce back from it um, but we really need an explanation of why he's there so I think at that rate, you do inst... I think you put in Amara Jade. Like, my wife got killed. The Emperor was trying to clone me. You know, Mount... I was... I woke up unconscious on Mount Tantus. Now that that's canon. And... I told my sister that... It, for the sake of the... Republic, like, I need to be as far away from you guys as possible because if they get a clone of me, a force sensitive clone of me, it's over. It's over. It's over because a dark side Luke would pummel a light side Luke. Because we've seen how powerful Anakin was when he turned to the dark. Imagine how powerful Luke would be with his. Because Anakin had a set potential. Luke's potential was endless. There was literally no ceiling, no glass echelon for Luke. He could be as powerful as he ever wanted to be. He was unlimited in potential, whereas Anakin was born with a power cap. So it's a it's a whole lot different of a, of an animal. How you doing, Sith Citadel? How you doing, bro? Been a while, man. Um, number one, neckbeard on Twitch, hands down. Agreed. 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 I do be rocking it. But, yeah, Luke needs to explain where he's at, why he's doing it, and what the purpose is. Um, so you can say, like, 
the first order slaughtered my family killed my kids and the only hope was for me to escape and hide out here until you found me so what's going on what's what's the plan i think ray gets trained and ultimately with luke opening himself back up to the force he feels leia he talks to leia and at this point you can have the you know the bridge the bridge shot where leia like the bridge got destroyed and leia got sucked out into space i think Wonderland. i think you can have something like that where leia's talking she's given orders this that the other and then boom luke reconnects with her reconvenes with her and starts talking to her through the force and she kind of freezes because she hasn't felt this in almost a decade her brother's been gone for a decade she's never felt him for a decade and boom she's ba he's back she freezes up and in that time of her freezing up you can send the missiles you can destroy the bridge but that's where you need to kill off leia you know i agree and that can be the fracture point for Ben because he could be like, holy shit. I didn't feel my mom on the on the bridge. Like I thought she wasn't on there, but she's dead now. And I it's my fault. And then he can have his reconvenience. He can have his his ultimate I don't want to say rebellion, but kind of rebellion. You know, he can go against Snoke because Snoke has been hating on him for the entire time so far. Like calling him a, a child in a mask, basically demasculating him. So you can have him finally fight back and um, Snoke can bite the dust if if he wants to but what do you think with snoke because he is obviously a big part in this you know he's the the highest ranking dark sider do you make him a sith because personally i would probably make him like one of because we know darth plagueis experimented a lot with um force sensitives and bodies like that do you make him a escaped plagueis science experiment something of that nature no i think he's his own being um not no experiment or maybe he is and he's just some other entity like Snoke. um my biggest intrigue with him was how powerful he was in the force and his black type of crystal ring yeah i thought it would have been interesting to see like him wield possibly like a dark saber for that matter but um maybe we can see that you know yeah 100 percent. maybe you bring back luke and luke and snoke fight again because that's the reason that snoke is deformed it's because of luke so maybe Snoke was just a normal looking whatever the hell he was and through like re rejected force lightning 
he got all deformed again, but um, as far as Snoke goes, I think he needs to play a much more pivotal part and ultimately we need to get to the point where, you know, you can tell a similar story where Luke spent up to three months on Dagobah and that happened all within a couple of days in on um, Bespin but with Rey like she needs to really hone in and learn her craft maybe you don't make her super cracked because I don't think Rey should be magically OP like that but if Luke focused solely on you know her connection with the force trying to figure out who the hell her parents are because we still don't know who her parents are she's not palpatine right now we haven't written that yet so she can still be kenobi she can still be her own person she can be a a force entity like anakin was um, Luke and Mars child, naming it. You think so? Luke and M yeah, Luke and MJ's child. It's I mean, the, how would you feel would be like an I am your father type moment? And not the copy pasta, but it's not copy pasta. You just kind of it's like poetry. <laughs> how would you, how would you explain that though? Like, would you just would Mara? be alive still would mara be because obviously she was involved heavily in episode eight and luke says the same line as his father did or as he said it to his father or you know what i mean <clears throat> why do you think that lightsaber spoke to you because i am your father <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Maz also is force sensitive. We just don't know it. I think, yeah, Maz, I feel like she's just like Lorsan Tekka. They're not force sensitive, but like they're both members of the Church of the Force. That would make so much sense for Maz. And Maz as well. Like, she's been around forever, so she's seen Anakin. She's seen Kenobi. She's seen the Clone Wars. She's seen the Jedi. So maybe she saw that lightsaber and she was like, wait a second. Isn't that Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber? Like, I want to buy it. And she buys it off an Ugnaught. You know, one of the Ugnaughts that was cleaning in Bespin was trying to sell... The lightsaber in her lightsabers and, can't be cheap huh <laughs> no they're they do get sold on the black market in star wars very often and they do go for a pretty penny but she could probably fork out fork it over you know for an anakin skywalker one of one lightsaber What up, Evo? How you doing? But yeah, I just wish that we got a little bit more. And 
just us explaining that right there was more explanations than we ever got. So, with Mara Jade, I want to stick with this. I want to stick with this idea that Luke is Ray's father. Mara Jade, how would you write her backstory? Because obviously Luke, I, I think Luke needs to have gone to that island to protect the Republic, to protect everybody. It's for a Disney Plus show coming near you. <laughs> Title Is Mara, yeah, is Mara like part of the Empire? Yeah, the, the Emperor's hand and Luke frees her. They marry, have a baby, and the Empire is looking for them and they ditch Rey on Jakku. And do you think at that point at that point maybe it's a f maybe they like maybe they're fling at first you know they're fling at first um because yeah yeah there needs to be timeline continuity raise about 20 when it happens right so maybe Mara was already working for the Emperor around episode six. They capture Luke. They fall for each other. They're a fling. They, when a man and a woman love each other very much, tight beat. They get pregnant with Ray. And at that point, that's when Mara Jade starts kind of turning back to the light. And they dump Ray off when she's six. So she doesn't tell Luke about her. She doesn't tell Luke about her. But she knows that she can't keep running around doing her dirty work with a kid. So she dumps Ray on Jakku. And inevitably like it, what kylo says is true she does sell her off but it's not for drinking money it's just for giving her a chance and then mara might get captured has to start working for the empire slash first order um and at this rate luke goes off to the island but why does luke go off to the island Does he go there to try and learn and because his Jedi temple failed. We know that. Mm -hmm. Does he then retreat to the island to gain more force knowledge? Does he go back to the island to figure out, you know, one way or another, but he, he, inevitably he needs to be optimistic in his training and then he needs to come to the realization like the reason why that light that lightsaber spoke to you is because I'm your father your mother had red hair didn't she she wielded a lightsaber didn't she I'm your father like I'm him I'm him and then I 
Ray Skywalker makes so much sense, even in the current adaptation, because Luke and Leia were both of her masters, you know? And in Star Wars, family goes deeper than blood. And one of the reasons why I really like it, and one of the things I'm putting in my own book is a character called Rina Tano who is the same species as Ahsoka, comes from the same home planet as Ahsoka, but she is going to be e e essentially a orphan after her parents were taken as slaves. And she was, it's a lot like the Jin Erso story where she was hidden and uh, just had to fend for herself for a while. But Ahsoka's going to go back, free slaves, and find this girl who is just going to be a lot like uh, an up, where the little kid doesn't leave the old man alone. <laughs> it's going to be a lot like that. And Rena is going to take Ahsoka's last name, because that's like her... It's a lot like Brother Bear, I should say. It's a lot like Brother Bear, where that's kind of like her adopted older sister now. So she gets the Tano name, and then later in the book, she tells Luke that family is more than blood. And Luke's going to remember that for when he gives Ray his last name. So I think Ray, Kylo, they probably need to fight. And she needs to probably lose but this is where ben can ultimately turn to the light because he doesn't need to kill her he just needs to make it look as good as possible because they're fighting in front of snoke and that's kind of symbolic going back to episode six where luke and vader are fighting each other but they don't realize that they're fighting each other to see whoever wins is palpatine's is apprentice and it's the same kind of story here whoever wins between kylo and ray is snoke's new apprentice and as far as we know as an audience like we think that ben is still in the dark but this is his turning point this is when Ben Solo turns to the light. And I don't think they need to kill Snoke. I think Snoke can evade. I think he should be like a Sith and escape. Because we need an episode 9. And I think an episode 9 would be all about the Resistance then hunting Snoke and eradicating the First Order. Rather than the First Order hunting down and eradicating the resistance because if the first order is so big and mighty it wouldn't make sense to be chasing like what's the saying a uh, a lion doesn't lose sleep due to the mouse or something i'm not sure how the saying goes but it's, it's something like that the first order wouldn't waste its time worrying so heavily about a little a little resistance that they keep calling it as well so i think it would be an 
in episode nine where they're then chasing and hunting down and fighting Snoke with a light side Ben Solo for the entire movie. Ben can then sacrifice himself to save Ray's life at the end. I don't think you ever need to bring back Palpatine. I don't think Palpatine ever needed to be brought back. But there's just so many better ways that you can go about it. Luke, Luke can happily die. There can be a, just like in episode three where there was Palpatine and Yoda, there can be a Snoke against Luke fight, round two. But this time, Luke's rusty. He's not Luke Skywalker of old. He's old man Luke Skywalker against Snoke, who's never closed himself off from the Force. So Luke can die at the hands of Snoke. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He can look and see, like, Ben turned. Ben gives him a smile or something. Or a nod. You know, allude to something in a flashback that Ben used to do. But Luke can have his old Ben moment that he never got to have. And I like the I like the force projection, but we're talking about a rematch here. I feel like the force projection could be used mid-movie, mid-action scene, whereas his finale would be an old Ben uh, homage, you know what I mean? Sacrificial moment. Let me give you another idea. We save it for episode nine, and we bring in Luke as a force ghost. To taunt Snoke, you know, because we still don't know the theories with uh, Force ghosts. My theory is that Force ghosts can only be seen by the apprentice of the ghost. Because if you look up and down in the canonical timeline, the first ever instance that we have is Qui-Gon being seen by Obi-Wan. And then you have Luke, or not Luke, Ben being seen by Luke. And then you have Yoda, Ben, and Anakin being seen by Luke. All of which were, in one way or another, masters of Luke, right? Then you have Luke being seen by Rey. And then... Yoda being seen by Luke again. And then Anakin seen by Ahsoka. But nowhere... Like, Leia doesn't see the Force ghosts. She was never taught by them. But she is Force-sensitive, you know? So, you never know. But I think Luke, as powerful as he is, he could project himself and show Snoke, like, you might have killed me, but I'm not... I'm truly never going to die, unlike you. And then you have... You can have Ray Kill him. And I think Snoke needs to kill Kylo as well. He needs to kill Ben. If you want to kill Ben. But... I mean, that's an easy episode 9 as well. And you can leave it off where... Ray is pregnant. Um, just not with Ben's kid. You know? Because that's cousin fucking. 
I would say have it have Finn be the have Finn be the uh romantic part because he almost died for her you know so Ray and Finn that's my vote bro that's my vote shout out to shout out to the Raylos but it just I think it makes better sense for the characters for them to be cousins you know kind of like how the the two main heroes were Luke and Leia Ray and Ben I think that makes a lot of sense but we can talk more about a, a stereotypical down the line but that was just a fun little way to kick off the pod talk about some uh some creativity the, what we can essentially wrap it up with is I feel like no thought went into The Last Jedi. Because everything that we just said makes 90,000 more percent sense than anything in The Last Jedi ever made sense of. Because everything that we just talked about too circles back to what happened in The Force Awakens. So let me know in the chat and the comments how you guys feel about that. Um, and moving on to, do you want to talk about the news? Perfect. So we have a lot of news, a lot of news to cover. Um, working back to front, we do have a release date for the upcoming Ray movie. And that's going to be coming out December, 2026. Really? Yep. And that's per Bespin Bulletin. The only news site that I trust. That's credible. That's credible. Mm -hmm. December 2026. And we also have news with Ray that the director of Deadpool is making a Star Wars film slated for 2028. And she is due to star in it. So I'm unsure what it's about. But it's not the Ray movie. And speaking of the Ray movie really quick, uh, we do have some quotes from Daisy Ridley that I think shine a nice little light on the movie. Because I feel like there's so much negative energy portrayed at it right, right now. And when I read this, uh, I got good vibes. So Vanity was sitting down with Daisy Ridley and... How we doing, Ray Rock? What's good with it, buddy? Um, if you have any Star Wars questions, feel free to drop them in the chat, and we'll get to them as soon as we can. But, yeah. Right now we're talking about the Ray movie. And we got some quotes from Daisy Ridley in Vanity. And the question to her was, you are reprising your role as Rey in a new Star Wars movie directed by Shereem Obeid Chinoy. How will the franchise's first female filmmaker impact the series? Daisy Ridley then says, The short answer is, I don't know. I'm excited to do the job, but not because Charmaine is a woman. Her documentaries are amazing. Her ideas for this story is cool as shit. No spoilers, but 
she gave me a rundown of the entire story. If it weren't amazing, I would have been like, okay, call me in five years, but it's worthwhile. Then they ask, will it be weird to make a Star Wars movie without your co-stars Adam Driver, John Boyega, or Oscar Isaac? To which she answered, no, because I don't know what is what or who is who. So a lot has happened for her since the Skywalker saga. She feels like a grown-up now. When the movies first started, I was only 20 years old. I was the youngest person on set, and it took me the first two Star Wars films to feel worthy of even being there. Now I'm in my 30s. The whole thing feels quite different. I've been able to work with other filmmakers, and hopefully I've gotten better as a performer. That which I really enjoyed reading makes a whole lot of sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. And it is going to, like, I had to really think about it. Um, it'll be what 11 years after The Force Awakens that this movie's coming out. Um, Ray Rock said he thought Filoni is directing it, he's doing his Mandoverse movie, a whole different movie. We're getting a lot of Star Wars in the in the coming years. We're getting a lot of Star Wars. And it just feels like we haven't gotten a lot of Star Wars because The Last Jedi was the last thing to come out in theaters. Um, if you think about it, this May, we're going to be getting The Phantom Menace in theaters for the 25th anniversary. And then later in, the, not even later in the year, in a month we're getting the bad batch um i don't think we're getting anything else this year let me see star wars release dates and this is from polygon so 2024 skeleton crew is coming i couldn't care less about that um being brutally honest. The Acolyte is coming in 2024. So that should be pretty tight. That should be pretty cool. Um, 2025, we're getting Andor Season 2. I just finished watching Andor again. Mary J, don't choke on your aspirations. Um. And we have a undated Mandalorian and Grogu movie, which I thought got when, how old is this article? Cause I thought they said 2026. Apparently this is this month. So 2025, we're getting the Mandalorian and Grogu. Um, and then 2026, we're getting the Charmin Obeyed Chinoy movie, the Dave Filoni movie, and then it's, we don't know yet about the James Mangold movie, the Dawn of the Jedi. I see Gus coming back. And don't say that. <laughs> I see him coming back. I do. We don't want that, man. We don't want that, you know, but I mean, he was a clone. Or he, there was clones. He didn't have his mustache. 
We don't have a date yet for the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. I hope it never gets made. He doesn't deserve a Star Wars movie. Um, then we have the Lando series. And then Sean Levy's Star Wars movie. And then Dave Filoni's Mandoverse movie. So within the next four years, we have a lot of movies coming out. Which I'm hyped for. Which I'm excited for. Um, if you had to pick a show... Like, Lucasfilm came and kidnapped you. And they are like, you don't get to leave here until you come up with a banger, palpable show that would be fire, would be sick. But with the caveat, it has to take place within 1 through 9. So it can't be Old Republic, can't be High Republic... Luke. I would do the show Luke. If it's not Revan, I would do the I um, that's a solid one. Just explore you can even tap into legends and not even all of legends, you know? Like we saw what he was capable like we saw literally the like take that spark line that was in the resistance and just use it for Jedi Master Luke. We saw a spark of what Jedi Master Luke could do with force projection. It was mm -hmm. pretty it was epic, you know, dumpster, but it was a, it was a party dumpster. Yeah, I would do a Crimson Dawn show centered around Kira, centered around Maul, centered around the crime families like the Huts, centered around Jabba the Hut, you know, because Jabba is such a big pivotal character to the original trilogy but we really we don't have a whole lot of context for him this could be another way to show boba fett's inevitable um claim to fame as well like you could have the original boba fett daniel logan in the 1313 armor Rolling around as Boba Fett, learning the trick of the trade, and becoming the most infamous bounty hunter in the galaxy. He said he would reprise that role. Yeah, I, I saw that on Twitter, and that's where I kind of got this idea. And you can even call the show 1313. You, it can be about Boba, but I think it'd be better. Fire. Yeah, I think it would just be better to have a Game of Thrones-esque crime lord show about everything else going on in the galaxy in the middle of three and four you know we already have that in andor but show me the heinous activity show me the stuff that's going on around outside of the empire's jurisdiction that's what i think would be sick and you can set up dope characters for that too we kind of have a a gateway show with that too with uh the Bad Batch Season 3, which we can talk about as well. Um, we got confirmation that that's coming out next month, February 21st. Which we will be doing a watch-along on the three-episode premiere. Pretty hyped for that. And it's all going to be pretty dope. I'm a big fan of the Bad Batch. There's a lot of filler, but a lot of killer as well. And 
I was hoping to get Van Seal's opinion on this because he's a fellow Batcher, but um, do you have any expectations for Bad Batch as it's going to be coming out in less than a month now? Expectations? Um, I'm hoping that we have a good set. Um, with it being the final season, I really hope we have a good send-off. Mm -hmm. um, but storytelling always has its twists and turns. Yeah. We can see a whole lot of stuff. I'd like to see Boba Fett, personally, since his sisters are in the series, Omega and Emery. That'd be pretty cool. Emery could literally be Jango Fett's little sister. And that's sick. Mount Tantis as well, man. Like, I'm reading Heir to the Empire right now. Learning about Mount Tantis. Mount Tantis. That was terrible. Mount Tantis. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, man. Um, they do a lot of goofy, off-the-cuff, buckwild stuff on Mount Tantis. Like, a lot, of, uh, a lot of Mount Tantis lore is based around the look like the stuff that nazis were doing in south america after world war ii and it's all messed up man it's all messed up like it, it, essentially they're trying to perfect cloning so they can clone a force sensitive body because that's palpatine's that's his ultimate goal as emperors prolong his life he wants to live forever unlimited power so he wants to have vessels that he can hop an essence transfer into as his current body deteriorates. He'll hop into a new one for another 20 years, you know? It's pretty crazy stuff. And yeah, the way they do it, they capture Jedi, they capture Force Sensitives, they they torture them, they, they force them to mate, they clone them, they clone their offsprings, they clone their embryos. All kinds of stuff, man. It's all pretty messed up, but it's all really tantalizing. It's like, Jesus Christ, I can't stop reading this shit. Modern mallet farming. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, have you read any of the, the Thrawn? Any of the three Thrawn trilogies? I have not, no. So there's the... Old School 3, which is the Heir to the Empire, um, The Last Command, and then Dark Force Rising. And then there's the New 6, which is the Ascendancy Trilogy, and then the, just the Thrawn Trilogy. I'm reading the Old School one before I get the new trilogies. How do you feel just in terms of like having to, because there's always this debate as well. How about the rise of Chewbacca? Chewy lore is sick. Unfortunately, it's, it's hard to write a book in Wookiee, but they can do the best that they can try. I don't, tr truthfully, I don't think there's any native Wookiee speakers left on Earth. 
Because we don't know where Bigfoot is. He probably speaks Wookiee. But... The internet has a problem with having to look at books, having to look at comics to try and get some of this lore and try and get some of this context for characters. Do you think that that's a bad thing or a good thing that you have to seek out external outside media for this kind of stuff? It's not a bad idea. No, because it, eventually it, it does sell at the end of the day and everyone wants to learn more about their characters too like no one likes a series that doesn't explain cool stuff about their characters so i don't have an issue with it in the slightest um and then we also saw the return of a very sexy character a very pale character talking to saj ventress in the book Dark Disciple, Asajj Ventress gave her life to save her love, Quinlan Voss. But now it appears that um, she has apparently survived now that she's in Bad Batch. Do you think we're going to see Quinlan Voss? How dope would that be? Cause I think we'll see Quinlan in season three. I, yeah, we know he's alive too because... He's mentioned in the Kenobi series as well. So he should be there. But no, I'm pretty hyped for him. I'm really hyped for just all this content that we're going to get. We're going to get slammed with content. And it's going to be pretty nice. Um, there's still a Tales of the Jedi Season 2 that's being produced, being made. That's going to be pretty sick. And then, yeah, just have a whole lot of fun coming. So I'm pretty hyped, pretty excited for it. Um, and that takes us into our galactic dispatches, folks. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to chuck them in the chat now, put them in the comment section in the VOD, and we'll get to each question as it comes. We have eight questions that were sent in that we will get to. And if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat. Um, you're curious if Quinlan Voss is related to Dryden Voss. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess so. I wouldn't guess so. They're kind of two different looking Donnies, you know? Dryden Voss is a cool character, but at the end of the day, he is kind of a nerd character. Not a big fan of him. Not a big fan of him. He was probably my least favorite part about Solo as well, you know. I did not like Dryden Voss. I thought the Woody Harrelson character was pretty sick. I thought that... Um, yeah, I just was, I, I wasn't a real big fan of him. Just as a character. Not saying the actor did anything bad. I just felt like the guy was... go here bink and here in like in universe i'm not a fan of the guy i think he's a scumbag i think he's a slime ball and i think he takes himself too serious that's what i mean 
that's what i mean whenever i say i don't like a character it's per it's consistently in universe um i can say someone's writing is bad i can say someone's um background is not fleshed out enough but no i just think dryden voss is that like manager at work that just takes his role way too serious and i've never liked that person does that make sense ray rock does that make sense but yeah so before we get into our dispatches mj did you have any nuclear hot takes presented by kim's picks on x if you guys go and follow kim's picks on x let him know that you were sent by tico and the archives podcast and he will hook you up with a nice selection of overnight not draft overnight betting picks my hot take would be that and this needs to be hot take my hot take is that general hux could have been uh, maybe this isn't a hot take maybe this is a cold take i was gonna say hux could have been a much more captivating character than tarkin was but that's not saying much because tarkin was around for one movie hux was around for three of them granted the last two he was used as a comedy character so it's a tough one for me I feel like, screw the last trilogy. I'll make one for the first trilogy. Hot take. I think they should have done more with Plo Koon. And they should have done more with... Like, they should have mentioned Qui-Gon's death more than they ever did. Because I feel like they just kind of just let it be. And they didn't really learn from their mistakes as a as an order, you know. And that's what's super upsetting is because like Qui Gon dies episode one. You don't really hear about him until episode three. You never get a oh. Obi-Wan, you're doing a great job. Like, Qui-Gon would be proud of you. You never get something like that. All you get is Dooku saying, oh, I wish Qui-Gon were alive. He would know what to do. Which is a very cool and it's a, it's a very dope connection to make. Like, oh yeah, this is... This is Qui-Gon's master talking to Qui-Gon's apprentice. That's a really sick additive thing that George did with those characters um the issue is it never got expanded upon it never got touched on like oh Anakin like you would have turned out sick if if you learned under Qui-Gon and not this Obi-Wan guy there could have been division there there could have been all kinds of stuff that they could have done but I think more so they just wanted to 
give more context and more story to the original trilogy so they didn't think to you know tease anakin with qui-gon but just imagine like if vader's sitting up on his perch sitting up on his castle thinking like damn what if qui-gon was my master things would have been so much cooler and i bet he was having those thoughts i bet he was having those thoughts but he just never thought to to act on it i never thought to give any credence towards it where us as an audience we see that and we think these things and we think oh like i think having qui-gon around would have been a really impactful really important thing but the beautiful thing that i love about star wars is it's a story that is already told you can never change it as much as you'd like to and that's why i hate watching episode three because the whole time i'm thinking like anakin like please just see the errors in your way man please just understand that you can turn back you can go back you don't have to succumb you don't have to fall to this dark side to this evil there's other ways but he's just so blinded by love and blinded by his aspirations and need to secure his life for his family and for his kid and for his wife you know he's he keeps losing everywhere he goes he just keeps losing he fights in the clone wars he loses an arm he fights for his mother he loses his mother he fights for his padawan tries to save his padawan loses his padawan loses his master loses the jedi all anakin knows is losing the only time he ever won it was to lose his life he lost his life on tatooine by winning so all anakin has ever known is losing so the one time that he had the chance to actually win he took it and he threw palpatine down the reactor and even then even then he lost his literal life so his entire life it's just a downhill spiral for the poor guy and that's why he's such a brilliant character and i love him man but i got seven questions here um in the galactic dispatches and we're starting off with number one if you had a chance to possess one iconic item from the star wars universe whether it's a lightsaber holocron or something else what would it be and why i definitely want a lightsaber and that goes so without saying blinded by his arrogance most likely most likely but what about you chat i would definitely want a lightsaber it would have to be a lightsaber i wouldn't want a blaster i wouldn't maybe an x-wing would be sick or an x-wing would be pretty tight but a lightsaber would be even cooler i can get from point a to point b but i can't I can't do lightsaber things without a lightsaber. You know what I mean? 
So I think I'd probably take a lightsaber. Now, whose lightsaber, you ask? I was leaning Qui-Gon. The books of Jedi teaching. That's pretty sick. That's a good idea. I feel like I kind of have one. I kind of have one. The Jedi Path is what the book is called. And all there is is Jedi teachings and stuff. Between conduct, between meditation, between learning. What you do. What you do daily. What your schedule looks like. Lightsaber training. Lightsaber form. Jedi trials. So I kind of have that. So I would take a lightsaber, I think. I think I'm going to read that in the bath tonight. But I would take a lightsaber. I was thinking Qui-Gon's because I'm a big dude. I have big hands. Much like Qui-Gon. Obi-Wan's lightsaber is pretty sick. But I think I would take... Luke Skywalker's green lightsaber. That'd be pretty cool. And that's the one I have Anakin's blue from episode three. I just want Luke's green. And that's it for me collecting lightsabers. Um, which is pretty, pretty cool in and of itself. I also have my own that I really want to do some customization to, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, definitely a lightsaber. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. Um, next question. And I think I'll save a few of these for next week's show as well. So I'll probably do... I'll do two more questions. I'll do two more questions. If you had the chance to witness a specific historical event or moment in the Star Wars timeline, which one would it be? Man. That's a tricky one. That's a really tricky one. Maybe. Hmm. I'm torn between a few. I'm torn between the parade on Naboo. I'm torn between the Battle of Geonosis. And I'm torn between the Death Star Trench Run. I would probably pick watching the Battle of Geonosis. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. Um, next and last question for the stream. 
how would you describe balance? And in your opinion, what does the force being in balance mean? This was a great question. I would say the force being in balance means that it is eradicated of dark. It is eradicated of dark. Uh, there's a popular belief that balance specifically means like the force being in balance two and two, two dark side users, two light side users. But the force as a whole is good. It is used by the dark side when they manipulate it. Therefore, the force is at balance when it is clean, it is at 100% light, and there's no manipulation, there's no dark side usage, and there's no powerful dark side users. That's what I think balance means. But again, that's just my interpretation. If you guys have your own definitely let me know in the comments let me know what your definition is and maybe we'll revisit this question next week and we'll talk more about it but for now that's all i've got for you on the archives podcast episode 23 appreciate you all for coming through hitting us up in the chat and having a good time with us um for your boy Sotico, this is the archives podcast and we'll catch you next time peace